0: With over one thousand eight hundred branches worldwide. Join us for a life changing experience as you listen to this message and look upon the face of your anointed verse ten. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing would he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Hallelujah. The title is the blessedness of dwelling in the house of God to the chief musician, an instrument of Gath, a psalm of the sounds of Korah. Now, I made us read this scripture because everything we are doing must be to an end. Hallelujah. We've been studying about humility, and then we've been studying the opposite, the pride, because we've, we discovered that the, um, one way to study something is to study what it is not. One way to see the benefits of something is to see what you will miss if you don't have it. Hallelujah. And so when we run through the seven reasons why we should be humble, some of them directly speak to the good thing you are going to get when you are humble. Is that not so? What are some of the good things you are going to get when you are humble? Humble yourself because what? You will be lifted up. Okay. What else? God will give grace to the humble. Hallelujah. So those are examples of positive ways of describing the seven reasons. But then some of the points also speak to something negative to avoid. Hallelujah. And, And by that, it picked the opposite of humility, it picked pride. Because when you are humble, you get this, but when you are proud, you get that. And sometimes the good thing you're going to get may not be enticing enough for you to pursue humility. Sometimes some people, they need to be scared a little bit. They need to be shown something frightening. That's when they will get it. Hallelujah. And so, um, give me an example of one of the things that um, we want to avoid. That's why we want to choose to be humble. Or you could say one of the effects of, of uh, pride. The soon to come. It is a signal of your soon-to-come destruction. Your soon-to-come fall. Hallelujah. Another one is that God resists the proud. Is that, is that not so? So God resists the proud. You know, Satan, before he became Satan, what was his name? He was called Lucifer. Is that not so? And I believe we read of that in um, both Isaiah 14 and uh, Ezekiel 28. And we discovered that uh, he, he was called Lucifer. That is what he was addressed, Lucifer. And Lucifer means son of the morning. Hallelujah. I mean, the morning is, in general, a good thing. Is that not true? So? Because it's after the darkness of the night. So he was called son of the light or son of the morning. But then when he fell, when he rose in pride and rebelled against God and he fell, his name was changed to what? Satan. Satan means one who resists or one who is against. Hallelujah. So you see, we are developing this whole thing. That if God says that he that is proud... God will resist the person. God is taking the role of Satan in that person's life. Amen. Doesn't sound nice, but God resists the proud means that Satan who has uh, a self-described opponent, the one who is against you to resist you, when a person is proud, God says, you know what? It's like, it's like um, you know, if you have a, a brother, right? Right? and you are in, in, uh, in elementary school and um, maybe after school somebody picks one of the siblings and you know in the near the school park they are beating them up do you get it <laughs> so so the other one is carrying their backpack back and then they are the corner and they see people there's a commotion people people are cheering you No, know, people don't usually separate fights especially the boys you know? It's like you have two camps. One here and one here. Everybody has a, 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 a support group. And they are chanting and they are cheering. Amen? So you turn the corner you see that your brother is being beaten. Like your brother is on the ground. When you get there, what are you going to do? You are not going to separate the fight. You go and fight with a, I mean, with a brother to make sure the other one is silent. That's, that is what Piquet used to do. Hallelujah. So, think of that scenario that God is your brother, and he turns the corner, and he sees that the devil has pushed you down. And instead of delivering you, he asks the devil, what what is the next place left to hit? (laughs) This is the picture I want you to get. when it says, God resists the proud. Because the one who is resisting, God is joining the one who is resisting. Hallelujah. Okay? All right. So, we are going to add... We are going to add the last point. What point did we cover last week? Is that what you just mentioned? Number six is what? Exactly. Pride is essentially satanic and demonic. Amen. So pride is actually an exhibition of the very nature of Satan. Okay? I don't know what that is not scary enough. But number seven... Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord because your pride will make you an abomination to God. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord because your pride will make you an abomination to God. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 5. Can we look at that? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 5. It says that your pride will make you an abomination to God. Proverbs 16, 5. Let's read that. If you have it, if you can open it just so we don't waste so much time. Pride will make you an abomination. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Hallelujah. I believe that is the King James. When it says, join, though hand join in hand... He's talking about even when people come together, because there is strength in coming together. Hallelujah. You, that's why in the civil rights moments, you see that they would often walk side by side, right? And they will, they will pull their elbow into each other like this. It's like a sign of unity. It's like we are unbreakable. You can't easily defend, I mean, defeat us. Hallelujah. So that's a picture of when people want to make themselves invincible or unbreakable. But so that imagery is being used in this verse: that though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. In other words, it doesn't matter your strength, it doesn't matter your number. It doesn't matter who you are joined together with. If you are a proud person, there, there is only one thing left: punishment. And the punishment is arising primarily because you become an abomination to the Lord, an abomination. That word, you know, I decided to look through the Bible and to find out some of the worst because, because, because in order for you to detest pride see the other one before right? the last point number six it's easy why you don't want to be proud because it says that if you are proud you are essentially taking on the nature of Satan hallelujah I mean not, most believers uh, it's not something that they want amen <laughs> but when it says that if you are proud you know you have to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord because pride is like uh, an abomination to the Lord. You must know what abomination is or, or how bad it is, okay, in order for it to be strong enough to deter you. Hallelujah. So I decided to take a look, and, and, and you know, um, you will see that abomination is used several times in the writings of Moses. Hallelujah in different contexts. But one of the contexts was Moses' charge to the people of Israel when they were about to enter the promised land. Moses' warnings and, and, and the words, the strong language he uses. He said, abomination to the Lord is something... What's another word for abomination? Something that's a, a, unaccursed. Something that is a no-no. Something that is cannot stand in God's presence. You see, the reason why I made this read... Psalms 84 to begin with is that whether whether we are following the line of humility as a result of the promises that is available for the humble person, or whether we are avoiding the line of pride, the common thread and the common theme is that we want to be on the Lord's side. We want God to be in our presence, or we want to be in the presence of the Lord. Because the whole history of mankind the whole um, story of mankind which began in the Garden of Eden, okay? In fact, what is what is so lovely is that the story of man's dealings with man began, began in the garden and ends in the garden. Hallelujah. Because the Garden of Eden was the, the beginning of the story of mankind and then man was driven out of the garden, okay? But by the time you move from Genesis 3, throughout the history of Genesis, Israel, throughout all the exile, throughout the um, judges, through um, you know the kings, through um, the prophets, and then you come to Jesus. But by the time you hit the book of Revelation, you come to where? The atmosphere of heaven, the new Jerusalem, where it says there's a river, and it says on both sides of the river is what? The tree of life. The tree of life that man was forbidden or, or driven out from now it's available. Hallelujah. And then and then the river, the picture of the river, it says that there's a river coming from the throne. So you see that the picture of, of, of God, you know, from the beginning to the end, the trail that you see is like God wanted to dwell with mankind. Hallelujah. And that it is good for man to dwell with God. And when man is driven out of God's presence, we actually, the curse, of the earth, okay. The curse of the earth that by the sweat, Jesus, um, God to uh, Adam, that by the sweat of your effort you you reap. It is because God is ceasing to bless. A curse is wherever the blessing of God doesn't exist. Hallelujah. Because it says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But if if God is not allowed to be in control of a place, then His blessing doesn't come there. Amen. And so what we are saying is that the quest for every believer, the, your yearning, your, your longing, your desire, your, what, you, you, what, what you must long for above everything must be in the presence of God. That you ought not to attach yourself to anything or anyone or any any manner of thing that will make you be cast away from his presence. That's why the psalmist says that, he says that, you know, I would rather be in what? In the temple of God, in the house of God, you know, than to be elsewhere, a thousand other places. Hallelujah. He said, even if I'm a doorkeeper in the house of God, it benefits me more. And so for me, I think, you know, I was listening to, I remember back in the 90s, I was listening to Kenneth Copeland, and I forgot what he was talking about, you know. I remember something to do with how some people looked down upon black people. And I remember a line, and I remember the strength with which he said it. He said it will cost me the anointing and I won't do it. He said that to to look down upon uh, uh, another human being created in the image of God and and to look down somebody because of their color to to treat them differently. He said it will cost me the anointing and I don't want to do it. (laughs) Amen. I remember I remember the line very well. And, And 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 the thing is that you need to begin to ask yourself, you know, what is most valuable to you? Amen. Because for me personally, Everything is like it's like like I use this example all the time. Bread that has become hard that you can eat. Except in certain circles where people put bread in their mealow, you know, then it can be something again. <laughs> where well, they, they don't buy the bread and take the soup. they break it and put it in like a dip or something. But I'm talking about we are nothing without God. Amen. And so, you see, the motivation, the driving force, the, the whole thing, because think about it. There are other writings which Bishop has referred to, you know, not, not you know, canonical scriptures, but some other Jewish rabbinical tradition writers that speak about how how Father Adam and Eve were driven out of the garden. They were very surprised. That you see, they were living in a type of a sheltered place. Do you get it? They were living in the garden of Eden was like everything was provided for them. They were not used to not not having. They were not used to a drought. There was there was a the Bible said there was a river flowing through Eden and it divided into four rivers. And 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 there was vegetable, everything was perfect. And so when all of a sudden they were driven out of the Garden of Eden, it, 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 was like, it was like such a harsh day and night. It's like when you arrive, if you arrive in Ghana by KLM or, or British Airways, do you get it? You know, in winter. And so you leave the European uh, atmosphere and you enter, you know, and then you enter Kotoka. You come out, a certain welcome heat it's like a day and night, complete opposites, Amen. And so Adam and Eve, that these writings indicate that. We all know that the Bible says that, you know, you are driven out of here. And the Bible also says that God placed an angel at the entrance with a sword, a flaming sword, preventing them from coming back in. So even if they wanted to, they couldn't. And now they have to now go and till the ground. But it wasn't just about tilling the ground. To have the... The emotional and physical strength. Because often, often what you are about to do, a lot of things are easy to do when you are in the right frame of mind. When you are, in the right, when you are, you are, what do you call it? Motivated. Hallelujah. Difficult things can be done. Many tasks can be done when you have But when you are demoralized, when when you have lost your, you have lost your luster, when you have lost your will for living, that alone can kill you. Hallelujah. And that is the first thing they had to deal with. Perhaps not hunger. Hunger was not the first thing. They, they had to deal with being able to, uh, what do you call, it, recover themselves. That we've made the big mistake, the, the, the worst mistake ever. And this writing said that one day, Eve, I mean, Adam went hunting, looking for something to bring home to eat. And when he came, Eve was about to commit suicide. I mean, this is not in the Bible, but it's in some of these ancient rabbinical writings. Amen. And it's a, it's a plausible story. Because Eve lived with a depression all her life as to how what she has plunged mankind into what? Chaos. Amen. Are you following the story? I'm trying to give you a picture of, of what mankind lost when we left the presence of God. But the Bible says God did not, for 14, God did not, God did not um, leave us without witness. Okay? He said he gave us rain, he gave us fruitful seasons. So, in other words, God didn't abandon them. Okay, now you are, he, he, he provided a means by which. But then throughout the whole experience of mankind, from Adam, you know, first sons, first sons, Cain uh, uh, and Abel, one killed the other, and then you have Seth, okay? And then from, from that, mankind has been groping and trying to feel something. It, it, it's like something is missing, amen? There is something missing, and that something missing is the presence of God. And I'm saying that we are seeing scriptures that tell us that look, the thing that you don't want is to be an abomination. An abomination is something that doesn't, God doesn't want to be near him. Amen. Yeah. And so now look at it. The whole universe, Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 6, that before the flood of Noah, is described the man was full of violence. And every evil thing imaginable. Hallelujah. So God decides to destroy the whole group. And then starts again with Noah. And then after the flood, man sins again. And then by the time you go to Genesis 11, evil has increased again. And God said, you know what? This time I'm not going to destroy all earth. Because I promised, um, I promised uh, Noah that I'm, going, I'm not going to destroy not just yet. So then God decides to call a man called Abraham. Amen. Listen, if you read the story of the Bible, it's the story of redemption and restoration. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, why is it that God, God wastes his time trying to repair things that are broken? Amen. <laughs> yeah. If somebody has a very old car and they keep repairing, don't laugh at them. Say, I'm following the path of God. <laughs> Amen. But you see, in many instances, that person cannot even afford a new car. But when it comes to God, he's God. Look, he can just take the earth and throw it into the abyss and create a new earth. Create a whole new human being. As a matter of fact, Adam and Eve, when God entered the garden and saw that his beautiful creation with one little bite of whatever food they put <laughs> they into, he, they, they spot the whole thing. I mean, like the day I came into my, what do you call it? University apartment, and my friend has burnt my beans stew. The beans stew that I had budgeted. man, That I had budgeted the beans stew for a certain number of days. Look, one was busy, brother Ishmael, and it's like you have to. It's a time budget and money budget. Do you get it? I had a choice to make. Meanwhile, it wasn't just beans stew that he has burnt. He has also caused a major crown in the whole yeah. complex. As I was approaching, people are shouting because people had located the room. Where the smell was coming from? Smell. Amen. And they were shouting and shouting and shouting. So it's like, now I come and only to see, to see this. I had a choice to make. Am I going to scream at him? Am I going to take it easy? Amen. God walks into the garden and says, look, God can decide to annihilate, destroy everybody, and create a new. After all, you and I will not be here. I mean, it will be a whole new group of people, right? Therefore, we wouldn't even have the... We wouldn't exist to question his decision. Is that not so? So he could have heard the film, but he decides to repair and restore. For me, that's great comfort. And no matter what I'm going through, no matter what, what it is, God has the patience. Amen. So what I'm, I'm saying is that throughout history, that ma- the story of mankind okay, has been one of God trying to draw us to himself... And we, through our rebellion and all the things we do, running away from His presence, thinking we are going to benefit. Rather, by running away from His presence, we are the ones losing the benefits of His presence. Hallelujah. And so, your Christian life, your whole work, your whole purpose for life ought to be what is it that I can do that can draw me into God's presence? And if you discover that one thing He is an abomination, one thing that is, what is like, is like, uh, is like uh, he cannot stand the smell of it. An abomination is something you cannot stand the smell of it. Something that is like a taboo, that is unmentionable, is pride. Hallelujah. So here, in the history of the people of Israel, Genesis chapter 18, no, Deuteronomy 18, this is... Uh, Verse number Deuteronomy. I believe verse number nine. This is Moses' warning the Israelites. Deuteronomy 18 and verse nine. He said, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, okay, listen to this. When you come to the land, which that is the promised land. When you get there, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. So the nations that God was driving out of the promised land to give to the people of Israel. One of the reasons people say, "Oh, why is He causing major genocide?" You have no idea the atrocities and abominations they were into. But he, this passage gives you a glimpse. And I may, I'm reading this passage so that you can put it in context. That if this is of the same class of the things God hates as pride, then pride must be very serious. Hallelujah. You shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. It says that there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. So, so they were sacrificing their children through the fire, through fire the nations that were living in the land of canaan okay one of the things that was an abomination to god was that they were letting their children pass through the fire they were killing children it's like today we are not doing that literally but we are killing children through abortion amen we are sacrificing for our comfort in the name of it being my own whatever body and my own choice hallelujah out of our convenience but that's what they were doing. Is that the first thing is that you shouldn't copy these nations, the abominations they were doing. So, so think of people killing their children and sacrificing their children has been put on the same list as pride. Are you getting the point that pride is an abomination unto the Lord, and now people sacrificing their children is also an abomination unto the Lord. It's on the same category. It's mentioned together. Next thing it says There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his his son or daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft. Amen. One who practices witchcraft. So one who practices witchcraft is in the same category as one who is working in pride because both are abominations to the Lord. Or a soothsayer. A soothsayer like a psychic. Today we will call it a psychic. Somebody who uses certain powers and tells you there are three marks in your in your uh, what do you call it in your palm, so so <laughs> you, you you are going to have a girl, or the next one after you is a girl. Do you get it? <laughs> Soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, all these are magical arts. You see, one day a, a, a friend. In the conversation, I found out that some friends, as they were talking, one was saying they were going to see a psychic. And this friend is a Christian. And I happened to walk into the conversation. And I said, No, this is something against God. They say that person who is going to give the reading also says they are a believer. They are a Christian. They also believe in the Bible. (laughs) But this is a verse that says that God detests it. God detests it. It's like, it's like he hates this thing. It's an abomination. So, so a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium. Somebody is dead. Well, let me finish the list. One who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist. Spiritist, not everybody who says they are spiritual is holy spiritual as in as in Christ. Sometimes people say they are spiritual or spirit, but they say oh there's a spirit guide. You see, especially in today's world, this new age movement, they speak about spirit guides whereby you commune with spirit guides. No, as a Christian, you ought not to double yourself in these things. or one who practices spiritism who conjures spells or medium or a spirit or one who calls up the dead like the movie was the movie ghost did you see the movie ghost it's, 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 it's been around for a while where somebody is dead and you call the spirit of the dead and commune with them hallelujah this is the strong 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 um the lord is stronger against it for all who do these things are what an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Hallelujah. So this is the reason why the nations were being driven out of Canaan. They have polluted the land. They have polluted the land. So you see, these things may, may, may are serious. And, and and in order for us to see the seriousness I'm making us read these scriptures about abominations. So that you will see the seriousness of pride, hallelujah. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God for these nations which you will dispossess. Listen to soothsayers and diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you, hallelujah. The nations that you are, God is driving before you, listening to what diviners. I was going to say designers. <laughs> Diviners. And soot says, but the Lord has not appointed that to you. Let's look at other ones Leviticus 11 and verse 11. So, another group of abominations were things they were not supposed to eat. Hallelujah. Leviticus 11 and verse 11. They shall be okay let me maybe start from a few verses before these are dietary laws for israel Leviticus 11 verse 1 now the lord spoke to moses and aaron saying to them speak to the children of israel saying these are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth hallelujah somebody said they went to israel and they were staying in the hotel and they said they wanted pork. And the people said, Look, don't say this word again. Nobody eats pork here. It's an abomination because it's not prescribed meat. Hallelujah. Okay. So look at it. Among the animals, Leviticus 11 2, Whatever divides the hoof, having cloven hoofs, and chewing the cat that you may eat. The whole, this section of Leviticus is called the holiness code. Amen. The holiness code. And the seriousness with which God describes it is the same seriousness that we must look at pride. when you see pride coming, say bye-bye to it, because it is in the same category of what is to be avoided at all costs. Okay? It says, "Chew animal that chew the cud, that you may eat. Nevertheless, this you shall not eat among those that chew the cud or those that have cloven hoofs. The camel, because it chews the cud." but it does not have cloven hoofs, So you see I'm, I you see today we don't follow this particular thing. Okay. But I'm saying I I'm, I'm making us read it to see how serious it was that you you could only eat animals that had what? Cloven hoofs that like their hooves were di- were broken, divided. And then also choose the cat. So a camel does not is that a a camel does what? It chews the cat, but does not have clothing. In other words, in other words, the restriction was so harsh that you had to meet it 100%. Hallelujah. So, in other words, you cannot say a uh, little pride is good; it's good for you, Amen. Because because the, the the dietary law about this thing is that you cannot say, Lord, at least it meets half the criteria. Do you get it? It says that a camel is an abomination; you shouldn't eat it. Next thing about, it, after a camera, it says, the rocky harass, because it chews the cart, but does not have clothing hooves, It is unclean to you. The hair, because it chews the cart, but does not have clothing hooves, It's unclean to you. And the swine, though it divides the hoof, having clothing hooves, yet does not chew the cart. It's unclean to you. Their flesh, you shall not eat, and their carcasses, you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. This you may eat of all that are in the water. Whatever in the water has fins and scales. So even when you go to f- seafood, the, 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 the ones that have fins and scales, whether in the sea or in the rivers that you may eat, but all in the sea or in the river that do not have fins and scales, all that move in the water or any living thing which is in the water, they are an abomination to you. They shall be an abomination to you. You shall not eat their flesh, but you shall regard their carcasses as an abomination Whatever in the water that does not have fins or skin, that shall be an abomination to you. Look, take time and read Leviticus. The strict dietary laws to Israel. Now add pride to it. In the new covenant, is food you cannot eat. Hallelujah. Anything, anytime you entertain any type of pride in you, you are adding yourself to the things. I mean, in the New Testament, we believe in grace. But grace doesn't do away with the standards of God. Except that grace means delayed judgment. Hallelujah. Amen. And so what we are dealing with is that if we want the Lord to be in our atmosphere and we, want, we don't want God to move away because we are doubling in something that is like a detestable thing, just be humble and ask the Lord very frequently, Look into my heart. If there be any deposit of pride in me, take it away from me, so that I will always dwell in your presence, so that I will enjoy your favor and your blessings, so that there will not be a way that I will be grouped together with abominable things, nor added together to have the same nature as Satan. May God help us.